So I realize long hair and Muay Thai doesn't mix. So, you know, I was just sparring and it was the first round I, I sparred with my fellow Southpaw person. It went fine. So I decided to go spar with this other dude. So I decided to put my hair up in a bun. It was going great. But this dude, I mean, his hands were related E for everyone. So, and he starts boxing. I'm thinking, damn, dodging and shit. And of course, uh, my hair starts getting loose. It came out of the bun. So I have like a giant poofy Ariana Grande type hair going on. And then he would just box me in my eye. So I'm thinking, oh my God, the first time I ever been punched in the goddamn eye. I mean, of course, I was being overdramatic, putting an ice pack afterwards, but it felt like that three minute round felt like it was going against Floyd Mayweather. But then, you know, after we're done, just fist bump and I went on to the next person. So I'm thinking, ah, oh, my eye, uh, it's, it's bad. I felt like I wanted to cry, but I didn't want to seem like a punk bitch. So, <laughs> so long hair and Muay Thai doesn't mix. But later today, when I, well, later this week, when I went to Muay Thai, I had it in a bun, but we just worked the heavy bag. Heavy bag doesn't punch back, so I'm happy about that. There you go. <laughs> this is the unfortunate part of like getting, you know, new a new do, like a new style, and it's so long. You know, it's just yeah. weight, girl. On it's your actually butt length. Uh, went to a black salon, sat through the whole Bobby Brown story off of BET. So yeah, while I'm getting my hair braided, watching him do crack with Whitney and beat Whitney, and then his kid his daughter dying and a bunch of other people dying thinking wow this is depressing as hell but my hair looks cute but my hair looks cute <laughs> <laughs> oh no um okay uh my funny story is actually like i don't know it's probably funny in a sad way like <laughs> so honestly like this week kicked my ass like mm. monday was a lot like well no monday was fine and then it's like monday after two o'clock everything like shit hit the fan so by like tuesday morning i was like i know that by sunday when we record because we record on sundays right. i know that i don't want to lecture anybody <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to yell at y'all i don't want to fight with y'all i'm tired okay because we kicked my ass okay and i only had a four-day work week okay and that should <laughs> tell you something okay so like, I was like, you know what, we're coming in and we're only, we're going to do something just like super chill ish. This gets kind of deep towards the end, but like, we'll see. But um, before we do that, I forgot to do this last week. Welcome back to Conversational Millennials. I'm Nikki Alley. And I'm Bell Mars. And uh, the, this week for you, uh, I did not go on Twitter, so we're not doing yay or nay. Sorry, that still <laughs> hasn't come back. Maybe by February, yay or nay will come back. But like, I just, mm, if I described to you my entire January, you would be like, oh girl, okay, it's fine. It's fine that you didn't go on, you know, and get news. You're tired. Um, so today we're going to do the 36 questions that lead to love. It's really hard for us to like make intense eye contact because like we're not in the same room. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to do intense eye contact to the camera. Yeah. Like, oh, look at me. <laughs> like just, but like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to answer these questions 
um because we platonically love each other so you could do this with your friends too guys like you don't have to do this with a romantic partner i think i think just a real quick psa though i feel like people don't value platonic relationships enough and y'all should because like i feel like platonic relationships are the foundation for which you should go into romantic ones like if you have good communication in your platonic relationships you love and cherish like your friends like y'all do things for each other like you have boundaries and you will go into like a romantic relationship being like if I wouldn't take this shit from my friends, I'm not taking it from you. Like, just right. like, so, you know, it's there. So I feel like y'all should, ch- 2022, cherish your platonic relationships. Yes. It doesn't always have to be romantic. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, okay, so, of course, there are 36 questions. If I feel like editing something out, I will. Like, I feel like I like we we mutually agree that that was too fucking deep and we don't want y'all to know that about us. I'll be all like, edit. Um, but yeah, there are 36 questions, so we'll see if like they all make it into the episode. But we're gonna start with set one because there's three sets, I think. And so set one's first question is I will read it. We can go back and forth if you want. Um given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Oh, that is a good question. I guess maybe Oprah Winfrey, because I think she'll be an interesting like uh, auntie figure. So I think it'll be nice to just hear about her, talk about a woman to woman money and learn more about her on a personal one behind the persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I would... I would agree with that. I'm not going to pick Oprah, but I would agree like Oprah would be, it's really hard to just pick one person. And if I feel like at the same time, you also have to pick one person who you feel like is going to actively engage with you. Like, because when people were talking about, oh, like if you like, would you take $10,000 or like a dinner with Jay-Z and everybody kept picking like the dinner with Jay-Z, I was like, okay like but i don't think jay-z would give you like i'm like i feel like jay-z doesn't care about y'all um who would i you know what i would want to have dinner with meg the stallion only because i feel like she would be a trip and i also feel like meg the stallion and i have like i feel like we kind of have similar goals and like we're in similar spaces not that i want to be a rapper (laughs) But that like she's trying to better like the Houston community, which is where she grew up in. And I I want to do that at some point too. Like, but I obviously have to get there money-wise first. So I think yeah. it'd be really interesting to like pick her brain and find out like, you know, what else she plans to do, how she kind of got here, like, you know, like the ways in which she worked to get what she wanted, you know, just to kind of have that perspective. And also I feel like she'd be funny as fuck. Like she'd be so fun. Like <laughs> so. I'm going to pick Meg the Stallion. Um, yay. <laughs> All right. Belmars, you want to read to you? Uh, would you like to be famous? In what way? Hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. Yes, kind of. But see, this is the problem with me. Like, I want to be famous, but I also want people to leave me alone. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> which is an oxymoron in america like really anywhere but in especially in america like you don't have you're not guaranteed privacy like when you when you're famous so um yes but like i want to be like 
I don't want to be like internationally famous. And like, I want to be like, we talked about this before, but I want to be a game show host. And so that was, that's the way in which I'd be like, oh, I'd be fine being famous that way. Um, But yeah, like I, I think I would just, I would be fine if like, I was just famous, like, you know, like locally or like, just like, <laughs> like, you know, like, inner, like, you know, in this nation, like not globally, I can't handle that. Like, I don't, yeah. mm, I want like, a, I don't want my audience to be that big. Like, if you understand what I'm saying, like, like, you know, I'm, I'm cool with a, with a mid audience, like just a, you know not a super one yeah I guess probably like internet famous because I know like famous youtubers and like podcast hosts they're well known but it's not like you're getting chased down by the paparazzi every five minutes Mm -hmm. so I do like that flexibility of fame where of course millions of people know you but also you can like no one would also know you like okay uh everyone under let's say 16 knows you like off of youtube but go out in your daily life no one would chase you down right yeah so i guess internet famous so mm-hmm. i'll have that flexibility of okay i have my online persona but then in reality this is who i really am i like that i would i would <laughs> listen that was a good answer that was what i would like um um before making a telephone call do you ever rehearse what you are going to say why Oh, yes. All the time. Like it could be something simple, like ordering a pizza or like trying to schedule a doctor's appointment because I'm afraid I'm going to get tongue tied and forget what to say. Like, okay, hi, this is my name. This is my insurance code. I know what I'm going in for or if I'm doing like a screening interview. I'd like to practice what I'm going to say because I get nervous. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that. Um, Sometimes I think it just depends like on what kind of telephone call I'm making so yeah when I'm scheduling something I'm definitely like okay my name is while it's like but like sometimes like like for instance when I had to make like these angry calls ATT, I didn't rehearse that shit at all I was like I got on the phone I was like this is how angry I am what the fuck are you gonna do about it <laughs> so like I don't know it just depends but like if I'm making calls to friends or like you know I don't rehearse any of that at all like but what if I'm making like scheduling something I'm always like okay I have to get this across okay you got this <laughs> so yeah or like a work call and I do that it said why why do I do that uh I it just like for stuff where I have to do work calls or scheduling it's because I feel like I, I don't know if it, it's like I, I feel like I just have to get like everything out in my point. I don't think it's because I'm getting it tongue tied. I think it's because I feel like I'm going to forget something. And then I'm going to yeah. be like, oh, fuck. I didn't ask for this or like I didn't like, you know, something, whatever the case may be. Like I feel like I'm going to forget something. So that's why I rehearse sometimes. Other times I'm like, we going off the cuff. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, okay. Four. What would constitute a perfect day for you? Uh, a perfect day for me would probably be, hmm, that's hard. Because like, there's only so many things you could do in 24 hours. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, what would a perfect day? I feel like a perfect day for me would be like, I get to wake up whenever I want. Usually like, 
I get to, I usually wake up at least between like on weekends when I get to choose when I wake up I wake up nine ten o'clock or whatever um so I love to be able to wake up whenever I want um I think being able to like focus and like meditate you know do my reading in the morning and then like go into the day and like accomplish all the shit like I don't know like every single like small thing that comes to my head I immediately do it and like I get that shit done or something like I and then like I would love to end the day by like writing or something until I get tired and I go to bed like that that sounds so boring though when I say it but like in a like a perfect maybe like I I would squeeze like going out with someone in that like like vicinity and like you know having a really great conversation with someone like dinner or something but yeah like I think it's like it's just really simple like I just I would like to you know I would just like to get all my shit done and then like read and then maybe go on like a friend date or a couple date I don't know and then like write and then go to sleep yeah (laughs) well I guess for me is waking up well rested because many times I can wake up like 11 10 11 and just feel groggy but if I'm waking up I feel well rested check my phone positive messages like okay funny videos and then I go through my day if I can probably fit some workout in whether it's I'm trying to lift weights or do Muay Thai not hurting myself in Muay Thai horribly that's also good I mean if my coach gives me positive feedback like oh you did a good job in class today I'm thinking yes I'm getting better (laughs) <laughs> and I'm able to like do things off my checklist like say study a little bit more book for more certifications and receive any good news anything that was pending previously like okay good news or at least just get an answer it doesn't always have to be like good news just some news is better than like being ghosted right. so I'm thinking okay cool I can continue on because I like to have like the plan b and c and d mm-hmm. and get in touch with my emotions, whatever I'm feeling. If I'm feeling depressed, probably feel, let that emotion out. And then, okay. I mean, cause I remember a funny thing on TikTok, like, okay, so you're going to boss up or you're going to be a little bitch about it. First of all, I'm going to do both. That's so right. do both. <laughs> oh yeah. Boss up or cry about it. So I'll do both, cry about it. And then I'll boss up and make a game plan. Mm-hmm. And then continue off if it's like during like monday through thursday watch me some daily show because i love trevor noah his gorgeous dimples trevor noah here (laughs) (laughs) and then uh maybe play a little bit of video games and go to sleep yeah look at how much more detailed she was and i i was like i just want to get shit done i don't even know what the shit is i just want to get it done (laughs) like she's over here like and then this and then this and then this and then this and i'm like oh (laughs) um when did you last sing to yourself and then to someone else last time i'd sing to myself probably when i was listening to music i was uh rapping to myself girls in the hood uh it's been a while since i sang to someone else maybe i'm guessing the last time was actually yesterday because i was playing with star dragon sd uh ration and clank because we have a ps5 and i was singing don't 
stop me now when I'm having a good time, having a good time. That's what we're playing through. So I guess yesterday and yesterday. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, the last time I sang to myself was earlier today. <laughs> Probably like, no, it was right before we got on this call because I kept I keep singing Time Machine by the I can't remember what her name is, but it's like that popular TikTok thing that's like, yeah, I wish I had a time machine. <laughs> so I keep singing it to myself for no reason. I don't need a time machine. But um, and then the last time I sang to someone else, it was technically Bill Mars, like right when we got on this call, because I was singing time machine. <laughs> just so today. I sing to myself all the time though like if I had neighbors like if my neighbors can hear me I know they're like why is this girl constantly fucking singing to herself <laughs> who's in there like who is she talking to oh man um okay number six if you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life which would you want Hmm. Live to the age of 90 and retain mind or body of a 30 year old. Which would I want? Um, probably the body because, well, I mean, oh, that's hard because like, it seems kind of superficial, doesn't it? Like to be like, I want the body, but like, I don't want to be breaking down my body to be, but there are elderly people out here who are doing far better than me at a crisp like 76 and I'm over here at 27 struggling so like I just say like mm. but like I feel like if I pick mind then it's like is the mind progressing no you know what I'm picking mind only because like the mind is more likely to deteriorate as you get older than you know the body will too but it's like you can still maintain that to a certain degree that I'm fine with so I'm gonna pick mind Good point because I we're both pretty close to 30 mm-hmm. so huh because I'm I'm actually thinking about body um because I'm thinking okay my father is like in his 60s right now and he complained a lot of like knee issues and I heard how my aunt who's I think in her 70s right now is also pretty like hip issues and I'm thinking, you know what? I should probably do 30 years old. And when I was talking about ages, figure out how young everyone is in my Muay Thai class. Like my coach is like 30. And he said, yeah, I'm in the prime of my life, technically. And he's been fighting, like doing boxing since he was like 16. So I'm thinking, damn. Yeah. But he doesn't have a good heart. So Hmm. no, I mean, he has a great heart, but just medically. Oh, Uh, like he can't handle like the vaccine. So I'm thinking, okay, you get a pass. Right. Like I'm watching you, damn it. (laughs) okay so look we picked different answers I thought for sure but like I I only say because like I feel like the only reason I picked mind was because I was like maybe it doesn't mean that I won't learn anything past 30 it just means my brain won't you know yeah like like Alzheimer's and whatnot yeah I won't fall prey to like dementia and all that shit (laughs) like that was my reasoning okay um do you have a secret hunch about how you will die I think I might have a secret hunch. Mm, okay. I mean, because I know how a lot of people in my family died of like cancer. Mm. My mother passed away. I mean, if I live past 40, that would be great. 
because <laughs> my mom passed away which was like 40 like a month before her 41st birthday Ooh. and then a lot of people on my dad's side got in cancer so it's a lot of things I'm worried about so maybe I am pre medically predisposed to cancer I can probably do my best to stay away from all the carcinogenic things so I think probably that'll be down my line in my future maybe cancer okay um I don't think I have like a secret hunch about how I died. Like I've like, I feel like it may be though, now that I'm thinking about it, it may be because of some like natural disaster because I'm eerily calm every time we have a fucking hurricane and it doesn't make sense. Like when we were in high school and Ike passed through, like the whole entire time, my family was freaking out and I was in the closet and I'm like, we're going to be cool. And we were like, and then like during Harvey, like it was less of a freak out, but like, it was like raining and storming one night. My parents were like, did you see? I'm like, oh, I slept like a baby. And they're like, you could have died. And I was like, I guess I'm fine with that. (laughs) My brain and my body were like, oh, well, we die, we die. (laughs) So I think I have a suspicion that like, I'm probably going to die because of some natural disaster. And like, I can't, I don't know, like, I don't know what it's going to be, but, like, I'm eerily calm in these situations. It doesn't make Like, sense. going over a bridge and then the bridge break down? I don't think I've ever had that fear. Like, well, no, I don't think I've ever had any fear of, like, that kind of thing at all. My fears are weird. Like, but, like, I, like, no, like, I feel like I may drown or something or, like, you know, because of excessive rain or like, you know, how when people's houses get flooded, I may drown in a flooded house. I don't know. Like, I this is morbid. Or like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I just feel like, I, like it may be because of some, in fact, when I think more about it, it might be because of water. I have almost drowned before. And mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, ooh, dark, but I was saved by a lifeguard. Um, but like, yeah, I know I, it might be water related. I don't really know. That's, but like, I have been way too calm every single time we've had a, like a hurricane and it's been raining, like fucking great. I've just been like, cool. <laughs> this is how I die. This is how I die. <laughs> um, okay. It, did I just say that? Oh no. Yeah. I yeah. just said that. Your turn. Okay. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. So you and I, okay. Um, that we have in common. We appear to have in common. Let me look at you. <laughs> well, look at you. You know, like when we like we kind of have similarly shaped lips, just physically, yeah. like um in common, we're both nerds. Everybody knows that. Right. <laughs> and um, the third thing that I would probably say that we have in common is that we, um, I think that we value um, improving the world a lot more um, than maybe like some other people, like maybe other peers. Yeah. So that would I, that's what I would say. Yeah, I would say one, I guess, heritage from Louisiana. Eight. I guess that's probably one. Two, I'm guessing sometimes we do have like similar taste in music because sometimes like we both somehow love Hamilton and K-pop. I mean, you more than me. Yeah. Um, 
but we didn't even influence each other to do that which is crazy and I guess another thing we have in common I guess we're always striving for more Mm. and so whether that's through Mm self-improvement financial improvement emotional improvement so I'm guessing strive to make ourselves better I think that's also another thing we have in common all right yeah it's deep answers (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? I'm thinking right now, I'm very thankful for my father. I mean, as he gets older, I guess he gets more and more understanding. Like when he was looking for a job, it was probably a little bit easier than me versus like, okay, he can probably just go in and just shout out someone and that person just pays them through like flight training. Whereas me, uh, it's not so much because I have the education, need more experience. So he's very patient and he tries to help me out as best he could. So and I think I'm very grateful for that. Mm. <coughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Like I choked on wine. I got <laughs> choked up. Um, okay, that's really nice. Papa Marshall. Um, <laughs> what am I most grateful for? I would probably also say my family. I think I've gotten like a lot closer to my brothers so like I've been really thankful for that because when we were young like we really didn't have that kind of relationship like I think most people know at this point that there's a huge gap between me and my brothers like my my eldest brother was like 12 when I was born and like he turned 13 like when I was just fresh out the coochie you know <laughs> like, like only a couple months afterwards and then the other one turned eight and so it was just kind of like I didn't really have like when you're a 13 and I don't blame him when you're a 13 year old kid like you're a teenager all you care about is yourself and so like you know he didn't really have time for me and then my brother was knocking on preteen years and he had to worry about himself and so it was just kind of like I kind of like grew up with just me and my parents and so like there and there's only so much you can connect with because I feel like with your parents it's like you will be forever frozen as their kid like you're never going to move past when you be even when you become an adult they're kind of just they just see you as this person that they created and that's all you'll ever be despite your evolution and so i i'm really thankful for my brothers because they weren't there for part of that so they're not stuck on like me as like a 10 year old even though they still are fucking annoying cuz they'll bring up shit <laughs> when i was a kid and i'll be like shut the fuck up but like <laughs> But we can have those conversations now. I can, they can say some stupid shit and I'll be like, looking me in the face, Negro, you shut up. <laughs> You're annoying me. I've always wanted to say this to you. But like, yeah, like, I'm really thankful for my brothers because like, I think like they're, they're like, they're really understanding. And like, you know, as adults, I think our relationship has become a lot better than it was, you know, obviously when I was a kid um so yeah I would say my family but I think like my brothers uh a lot too so yes okay 10 uh if you could change anything about the way you were raised what would it be Ooh. um if I could change something about the way that I was raised I think I would probably change just only one thing god um <laughs> oh that's hard um i know i didn't say one thing oh it didn't say one thing if you could change anything 
I mean, anything implies one to me, but like, I think the biggest thing that I would change about the way that I was raised is that like, I would, I would want my parents to be more like respectful of my communication and my opinions because, and like, you know, that includes like boundaries and like, um, uh, yeah, like, like boundaries and, um, if I have issues with them, because like, even now to this day, like there, we still have major communication issues. Like I can tell you with clarity, the last argument that we had in which I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, like where I felt like I was talking to a brick wall. So, um, yeah, I would definitely change the, their, their communication style because it kind of felt a lot of the times like I was talking to a brick wall and that I was being gaslit and I know definitely that's not just a me thing a lot of people in the black community have that issue where they have parents who are just kind of like you're the kid I'm the adult what you say does not fucking matter so yeah that would be mine <laughs> yeah um I guess for me probably be more open about generational trauma hmm. Um, cause I know my mother growing up, she probably faced a lot cause especially for her coming from being a daughter of a preacher in the Baptist phase in the South, mm-hmm. they care a lot about image and mm-hmm. they didn't care about what's going on inside. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like passed down to me and my siblings. So probably honestly figure out, take care of what's inside instead of outside and probably deal with less parentification. And another thing is probably teach, well, my sisters and I more about femininity Mm -hmm. and like, well, cause I know like my mother was kind of threatened by that. Like another woman coming in and start getting attention. I wish that I got proper guidance, how to handle attention from men or Mm -hmm. why shouldn't I get it versus just being punished for that. Cause like, if you're being told to cover it up, I'm thinking, what did I do wrong for like wearing shorts? Cause it's hot. But, you know, being the curvy woman I am, I get a lot of unintentioned uh, attention. I know my father felt a certain way about that because, you know, you don't want your teen daughter looking like a hoochie mama. But Mm -hmm. also at the same time, I feel like I'm guilty for just existing. Yeah. So I think also open communication about stuff like that. And don't be threatened when sex and puberty comes up because, you know, have to learn through classes. I mean, I was lucky that, you know, fifth grade, I learned about, periods and all that stuff but I wish I learned a lot more about that like sex and everything yeah because you know I mean I wasn't going out hoeing because you know I wasn't like giving a lot of attention but but I learned how to navigate that later in life but I'm guessing I was lucky I didn't get that attention I was younger yeah so I guess as an adult I could probably come into my own yeah exactly we're we're starting to get heavy guys so i gotta pour myself another glass (laughs) okay 11 is take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible all right let me just pour this and you can start whenever you're ready (laughs) so i was born i'm gonna make it two minutes i set the timer on my phone okay Where's my phone? Yeah, let me let me let me put my not for you because I know four minutes is a long time. 
Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I'm from a Caribbean man. He became a citizen in 1992. And my mother, mm-hmm. who at the time when they married, she, my dad decided, you know what, I want to adopt your other children. So my older three siblings and but and wanted to get their last name and become marshals but my mom said no i don't want to do that so we did move around a lot uh and when we moved to like georgia we moved to virginia and many times we were the only black family there so i moved to ohio i was a token and i remember in kindergarten they called me belinda martian because me being the only black kid there and it's ohio in the middle like near cleveland so then we moved to another area and they divorced. I didn't know why at the time, but through my sister and my father, I learned is because my mom cheated on my dad with a black guy with dreads. So I moved with my mom and she'd been through with a lot of guys and, you know, being short and light skinned and very pretty, racially ambiguous. It was weird. And also being my mom was so light skinned, she got pulled over and they looked at my chocolate self and thinking, are these really your kids? And, you know, but I remember I was a kid, I was a little brat said, I don't know this woman. And of course she whooped me when I got home. Whoopings were a big thing, you know, being black. I hope to not whoop my kids and I'm happy that none of my nieces are gonna get whooped. So going through that, being a token, navigating my blackness and understand what it means to be black and kind of have an African-American and Caribbean heritage and just kind of create that. And then also like in anime, because my sister made fun of me, called me nigger moon growing up. I mean, she stopped calling me that because she realized, oh, wait, a lot of black people like anime. So it's not a weird thing. Okay, that was two minutes. Okay, <laughs> Lord, she only got like halfway through. <laughs> oh, okay. I have two minutes on the clock. Ready to go? Oh, uh, okay. So I was born to two Creole Cajun. I don't really know what the fuck. Um, probably both. Um, uh, uh parents. Uh, in Texas. At that point, they had moved to Texas. Thank God. Um, to Houston. I was born in Webster um i have two older brothers as everyone knows at this point um and i'm the only girl in my family obviously like my dad was obsessed with having me so that was nice so i literally was like raised as a daddy's girl i had no choice even if i wanted to (laughs) like you know just disregarding the oedipus complex entirely my dad was like this girl is my precious um (laughs) So yeah, I was like, I was, I think uh, growing up, I was coddled a lot, but then at the same time, it was that weird, like complex that they give black women where I was coddled, but at the same time, I was also expected to have way more responsibility than my brothers, um, I think had at some point, because obviously, again, we had a large age gap. So by the time that I could like kind of properly like do chores like I was like pushing them like a vacuum by seven or eight or something like I was at that point kind of my brother would brothers were doing like outside chores and at that point I was doing all of like the inside chores like the vacuuming dishwashing blah 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 so it was kind of it was kind of weird and then like as I grew up that became like we had a rule in my house where if you cooked you didn't clean but that rule was never like like 
like, you know, engaged at the right time, like, because mm-hmm. I would cook and then I would have to clean and I'd be like, what kind of shit is this? But we're not going to go into that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I grew up in, uh, I'm not going to tell you the area I grew up, but I grew up in, <laughs> we both went to the, I met Belmars when I was 10 years old, we became best friends because I literally got on a bus and I told her she was my best friend. <laughs> so fun fact for y'all. Oh no. Damn, I guess we should have went the whole four minutes. Right, like that's what I'm saying. I'm like, damn, I only got through like the first 10 years of my life. <laughs> we got halfway through my childhood. That's what I'm saying. Like we can restart and you can do another two minutes when you finish it off and you want. Oh yeah, I'm going to do another two minutes. I just drink some wine. Okay. okay. Go. This is funny. <laughs> so we moved back and forth. So by this time, my father requested custody of my little brother and I, because mm-hmm. when we were in Virginia, they had another child. And my dad's like, you know, what? five kids is enough. So <laughs> my mom wanted to go six or maybe even eight. Thank God we didn't. And so we moved back. So I moved with my father in Texas City. We were robbed and so in Texas City. So at this, this time, he's right. And that's enough. And then we moved to location redacted and we built our house and that's why I met Nikki Alley and of course I was still a shy kid so I'm thinking okay kind of a pushover I mean now I learned how to stand my ground <laughs> so going through that I mean of course there's some people that made fun of me because the way I sound proper and the fact I pronounce my w's as l but I choose my words very carefully now so I got and joined theater in middle school and track and a bunch of other stuff and I started getting confidence and of course I got my love of fan fictions around there high school around uh my mother passed away my freshman year around Christmas which kind of sucks so Christmas was a rather bad time for me and I also got my first niece um munchie so she's been kind of light in my life and my sister went off like my older sister a Riri, she went off. And then my other sister, Stewie, she was in Louisiana at this time. So she had to take in, she had to be like a mother to uh, my niece. And then off to my other sister, who was like a two years older than me. So when I graduated high school, I was a gifted kid. I was in the gifted and talented program. I went to St. Thomas, met my group there. Then I wasn't doing good academically. So I went to community college, then went to TSU. Us, I hated TSU. I mean, some parts of it's good, but some of the people are ignorant as hell and I hate respectability politics. I know, right? Four minutes is not a lot. Okay. Um, all right, let me try as fast as possible. Two more minutes. Okay, two more minutes. All right. So yeah, I met Bill Myers when I was 10. We became friends. All right, moving on. Um, I was actually on a trip to Washington, DC, which is weird because that's not where we're from. But like uh <laughs> So we came, like, we came back. I was, like, kind of, like, the golden child. Like, not the golden child, but, like, I did pretty well academically. I got A's and B's because if I didn't, if I got C's and below, I'd get my ass whipped. Um, And, like, I was, like, most teachers like me. I was, like, the teacher's pet. Uh, Up until, like, probably about middle school when I kind of was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I had this white girl that was I was friends with that was not nice um and like I joined band at the time I was playing flute like I was like getting this white girl was also in that 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 group of people but like I was getting first chair like I me and like these other two girls like white girls would like fight for first chair like every week and stuff and it was crazy um I did band until 
uh, like in middle school. Um, I had a couple of like tiffs with like younger people in middle school. It was kind of weird. I was in a weird space. Then I got to high school. I feel like I kind of reconnected with Belmars in high school, especially through pals. We were both oh, in pals. Yeah. yeah, I know we skipped that. Uh, we were both in pals. Uh, pals was probably the best part of high school. It definitely changed me for the better. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I was in band and then I quit band because the band teacher was disrespectful as fuck. I got into choir because I'd been singing all my life anyway. So I did that. Graduated high school with a pretty good GPA, went on to college, went through some kind of weird thing in college where like I was reticent and like I wouldn't really talk to people. It was like a weird place. I was losing an RA position. Like I tried to be an RA that didn't happen. Like I like fell in and out with friends. Like it was really weird. Um, and it was like a kind of a period where I was finding myself and it was like, I was like, I don't like this. And um, I had a lot of guy friends. That was also weird, but my time is up. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i was mm-hmm. yeah uh okay uh 12 your turn if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability what would it be um consistency because i think i struggle with consistency like i'll start something and then i i really struggle to like continue to do the thing and finish um like either something will interrupt my life like for example like I was like doing really well with going to the gym like the last couple of months of 2021 I was going like religiously I was going three to four times a week I was doing at least 30 minutes to like 45 minutes every single day um and then like I moved and then a whole bunch of shit happened in January well no really it was the holidays happened um then I moved and then a whole bunch of shit has happened in January so I haven't like worked out in a month you know what I'm saying and so like I kept making excuses and excuses so I think like consistency and be able to self-motivate is a thing that I would really like to develop (laughs) as a person um because like it's just like I sometimes I really struggle with maintaining something and not just kind of being like oh well it dropped off and did so yeah I mean, for me, I guess ability would probably be like photographic memory because, you know, I'm still going to school and it'll be great if I can just like memorize certain concepts immediately because that'll probably make my life a little bit easier. I'm thinking, okay, here's the ventilation equation or the NIOSH lifting equation. So I can remember, okay, if this weight is too much, then this person shouldn't be lifting up that box something like that so photographic memory will be great ability to have (laughs) but to mean like some but I'm guessing more of a character trait I guess consistency but yeah photographic memory will be my thing nice 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 I like that Uh, okay set number two it gets a little bit deeper um set number two okay so First question, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? I guess really my life, I mean, tell me something, okay, what are really my weaknesses so I can honestly work on them? Mm -hmm. Because I guess sometimes I could have like blind blind spots. And so I think maybe probably my weaknesses that I probably need to work on, maybe I come across too needy or to uh hard so I think probably see my weaknesses about my life hmm I would say um 
I think I would want to know if I um probably like if I was if I'm going to actually end up in a relationship and have a family that way like I would probably want to know that only because like I like waffle back and forth between actually wanting that and not wanting it right I'll be like do I want a relationship yes but then sometimes I'm like ooh managing another person sounds like a lot of work (laughs) so it's just like do you like like I think I would want to know like if I could um if like essentially I could do it on my own or not or like if I would be good in a relationship because like I don't have like that kind of experience that everybody else has so it makes me like I'm kind of um wary and I'm not wary what's the word I'm looking for I'm kind of like apprehensive or yeah like I'm kind of apprehensive about it because like I don't consider that I've ever been in a real relationship you know what I'm saying like um I might edit that the fuck out but like I don't (laughs) I don't I don't I don't like I don't feel like I've ever been in like a real relationship and so um I don't know if I can be in one like you know in a healthy way and so I think I would want to know that because it would at least like give me some uh some not not clarification but comfort that like I can essentially do it because at this point I don't know (laughs) okay two if there's something you dreamed of for doing for a long time why haven't you done it um something I've dreamed of doing for a long time is publishing a book (laughs) Uh, why haven't I done it? Um, because even if I finished a book, I looked at it afterwards and I hated it. Well, not hated it. Hated it is a strong word. I found flaws in it that I didn't like. And so I didn't submit it. You know what I'm saying? I never like went out to try and make that happen for me. So yeah, I haven't done it because I haven't liked any of the things I produced enough to want to let other people see it which is a, a flaw of mine so yeah well for me something I dreamed of doing for a long time either going to medical school and becoming a doctor and I'm guessing why I haven't done it I mean I did take the MCAT it's just that I just realized how much burnout doctors get and I'm guessing I realized mm, medical school probably isn't for me so probably that or traveling internationally, like to Asia, COVID and money. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, I told you I'm trying to go at some point. I said now that I'm trying to go before my 30th birthday to Japan and South Korea. So if you want to come, you're more than welcome to come. Get your money in order now. <laughs> what you got to do? <laughs> um, Three, what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Good question. Hard ass question. Yeah, because I'm thinking achievements. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm probably proud of. Um, I'm guessing when I think like academically, well, getting a bachelor's degree is quite an achievement and not getting any debt. But then again, my father helped pay for that. So um I'm guessing the greatest achievement, I guess, is getting better clarity of what I want to do in my life, which is the safety and industrial hygiene. 
and I'm doing everything I could in my power. I mean, yeah, I may stumble and cry along the way, but I think I accomplished so much, gaining certifications, do my best to network. So I think that's a great accomplishment in my opinion. I agree with that. Um, I think the greatest accomplishment in my life is probably moving out. <laughs> like, because I feel like, um I've probably been able to accomplish more like being in my own space not kind of feeling like that those expectations are on top of me um and I've kind of been able to explore and um do more even in a pandemic you know what I'm saying so yeah I would say moving out because um that has really I think opened a lot of doors for me and kind of made me more confident. That's what I would say. Okay. What do you value most in a friendship? That's a good question. I think probably lack of judgment and almost support. Because I think especially with my friends group and not just with Nikki Alley that I can kind of like vent about bullshit going on in my life. And it's kind of like they understand and they're different way because I know each of my friends are in different like background whether that's accounting marketing uh, Starbucks or different industries but jobs suck and I'm thinking hey it's great that we can at least get together like once a month or once every other month just like vent and catch up and see what's going on in our life so I'm just thinking that support and almost venting that wonderful atmosphere is just great yeah um I think what I value most in a relate in a not a, a a friendship which is still a form of relationship um is probably hmm I think I value I'm just gonna say I think I value reciprocity <laughs> like probably like that I receive in some way it doesn't have to be exactly what I give but in some way shape or form like the care and the nurturing that I try to give right. to my relationship. So I would say, yeah, I would say reciprocity of like that I, whatever energy I give to you, you get back to me. That's what I'm saying. Five. What is your most treasured memory? It's hard. I don't. I don't <laughs> my most treasured memory, if I have to think about it, like right now, and pick one. Um. Ooh. I'm saying this shit is hard. Like, um. You know what? I think my most treasured memory would probably be, um, so I used to work in a daycare setting, like, and I had done that, like, a couple of years, and so, like, this was, like, towards when I was still a teenager, so, like, I had just gotten out of college, but, like, I wasn't, um, I wasn't in college yet. So I was this summer program at this church, the church that I used to belong to. <laughs> Don't tell anybody, snitches. <laughs> um, and they had this like this this program that they did every like summer where they would have like this like this small group of kids like and they would have like these little classrooms. So I was a co-teacher in a classroom and I had a kid that was um, he was special needs. 
So like, right. I don't, he was a little boy. He's a cute little white boy. Um, I actually, I think that year, like I, I probably treasured like a lot of memories from like that program specifically because I did it for two years. And so like, um, in one, one time I was the gym teacher and one time I was like the, just like a regular teacher, but like, I had like, like I had this kid in my gym class too. He also, he had like these cute little glasses. He was so adorable, but I'm pretty sure he had, like he was on the spectrum, but he was like two, two or something, somewhere around two. And like, he wasn't very verbal, but he was so loving. Like he was so loving. He would come to me all the time. Like, and he would just like, like want to be in my arms. And I was like, I'm going to cry. Fuck. Don't cry. (laughs) Don't cry. Um, but like, just like that. And then like the other, the other memory I think I would have, cause they both, I think kind of take like equal space. My mind is that I had like this little white boy who was a biter, like in my class. And he was, I think on like the autistic spectrum or something, but again, he was really young. So they didn't know yet. They couldn't diagnose him yet. And so like, but he would like, he would bite. And like, he, like when he would have tantrums, he would like hit his head on the floor a lot. But like, he was so like, despite the fact, like I, he bit because like, you know, people would like, like other kids want to play with this stuff. And like, he didn't understand, like he couldn't like differentiate even when we said, hey, don't do that. It's not nice to bite your friends. Like he couldn't differentiate like his, I don't think he had like the emotional bandwidth to like bandwidth and like figure that out. And so like, but like, I was like with him a lot. And so like, I would like kind of keep an eye on him or whatever and like when he would like you know kind of fall out there was one in particular that he fell out and like he tried to hit his head on the floor and I just shot my hand out and like caught his head before he hit it on the floor you know what I'm saying like this yeah. I was like this and um you know and he kind of like he risked for a little bit but like he calmed down eventually like I like with my help and a couple other people's help and um like at the end of the school year like I had the head teacher kind of tell me like you were really great with him like you were like you were really the parents like are really impressed with you like you were just you were really good with him and I'm like if everyone knows I'm not gonna I'm not trying to make this nasty but everybody knows I have a praise kink and so like (laughs) like, but like no it was just really nice to be able to kind of like even for a short amount of time kind of have that kind of impact on a kid and like have that kid have an impact on me because like he was really so sweet like he just didn't have like emotional like he just didn't have that emotional control and like the figuring out like right from wrong but it's like oh I like still think about those kids sometimes like oh, I'm not gonna cry okay I'm done <laughs> I guess the most treasured memory would actually be like my well, I think it was the first year in PALS was like at the end of the year and I was a junior, like I was PAL one and they were deciding to do gift of words. And I think it's the first time ever in my life I cried tears of joy and we were just giving away PAL awards and I got the most friendly PAL award and like, and stuff for like Halloween. So, and just kind of having like so many people were think so highly of me just oh no crap now I'm crying now I know right touch my heat my heart and I'm guessing it's kind of sad because you know people around us they come into your life and they leave but it just felt like at that moment that everyone just felt so highly of me so yeah oh bestie 
I say as I dab my fucking eyes as well. <laughs> I told y'all this shit was gonna get deep. Um, okay, so what's your most terrible memory? Ah, oh, this is gonna be worse. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, this one's gonna be pretty deep and pretty sad. So trigger warning, because it's like my junior year of high school. And I felt that at that point in my life, uh, a lot of things weren't going good. My grades weren't being like where they were. I messed up my father's medicine. My dad yelled at me. So I was upset with that. And then I was in theater, didn't make the part. And I just felt really, really sad. So I'm thinking, you know what? I can't go on. I had some pills, tried swallowing them, but in the next day I just got sick. So that grief is probably one of my most terrible memories. That's deep. Mm, I'm so sad. <laughs> we might have to pause for a second because I really, really, really sad. Wait. Okay. But after that, I learned no matter how things will be, things can always get better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm, I'm take a sip of this before. Yeah. I mean, I got counseling, so I'm in a better place. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. So mine is just like. Well, wait. No. Before I start, if you have any like unaliving ideation that's what all the kids say now they say unaliving because you know it you this trigger well yeah get picked up and get canceled yeah so if you have any unaliving ideation um please talk to someone (laughs) um yeah like call the hotline if you feel like you can't talk about anybody in your life but like yeah please please i've had that i've had that happen to me too so it's not you're not the only person and it's not as uncommon as you think it is. So, and there's always people who are going to miss you. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, my most terrible memory, um, happened actually before pre COVID 2020. Right. Um, I had lost my job December 2019. It was actually the second job that I lost. Uh, the first job I lost um, was with a healthcare clinic, and they basically never, they didn't really give me a good reason. Like, Texas is a right to work state. And so right. they can fire you for whatever fucking reason they feel like firing you. Um, and so they kind of gave me a bullshit reason. And so, in my opinion, like, still to this day, like, it, that really wasn't my fault because they fired me supposedly because I didn't know how to do something that nobody trained me on how to do. Mm. So, um, but like that, that is only important because that's, that's background because like I had already gotten like kind of chewed out for that situation when it happened, um, a year or so prior. Um, and basically I was kind of told by my own parents and this like circles back to that thing I said earlier about how our communication is absolute shit. Like they basically, when I said that I would never go back there because the entire time I was there, I was depressed. Like I was like, I like every single, I wouldn't do anything. I didn't do anything I liked to do in that whole entire year. That whole entire year, and well, no, it wasn't even a year. It was a year and some change. It was a blur. 
I don't, I don't really remember anything substantial from it because like, I feel like my brain was just trying to preserve my emotions by making me forget the whole thing. So I don't like, aside from like some really like major moments at my workplace, I don't remember like my time, that whole entire like year and a half that I worked there. And so basically when I said I would never go back because I fucking hated it there, like I was told that like, you know, sometimes you just have to suck up and like bear it and do what you had to do. And I'm like, so you don't give a shit about my mental health. And so that was like a whole thing with my mother and I. Um, so I got fired from this other job for a good reason. Like the second job, it was for a good reason because like I wasn't doing, I wasn't outputting the way that I should. And that was because they had already given me like a, a what do you call it? A performance like a review where essentially they were like, you need to, or no, that's not what it's called. It's called um, like a pep. Yeah. It's called a, it's called a pip. Yeah. yeah performance pip. improvement thing or whatever in July it was around my birthday, which was shit, which was also around the time when my uncle died. And so like, it's kind of hard for me to improve my performance when I'm going through like grief, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so like, but like I had like kind of gotten to a space where I hated my coworker. She's a fucking bitch. And I will like contend that to the for the rest of my days. I can't stand her. Um, my like my boss did not give a fuck about like my concerns. If you're like a black person, you know what paranoia <laughs> is. Okay. So like yeah. they had like like essentially towards like the end of my time there they had set up the office where all the desks weren't fa- only one desk was facing the door and everybody else had their backs to the door and i worked in guns point greens point mm. like if you live in houston you know where the fuck i'm talking about oh yeah and the um, the place that i worked at had already had two drive-bys before i got there like yeah. in the history of them being there i worked in a warehouse park in an oil and gas company and so like i was like i don't feel comfortable being like sitting you know i would like to have the desk that faces the door everybody else was cool there was only three people in my department and like we had like ample space i could have sat there and i had said that multiple times i was like i don't want to sit with my back to the door i don't want to sit with my back to the door and she put me in a corner where my back was directly facing the door. Like I was the first person you walked in and saw like <laughs> the back of. And so I like, I was just kind of like, so you didn't give a fuck about my concerns essentially. And there was yeah. all sorts of like, you know, um, there was all sorts of just like, like microaggressions. Yeah. And- like she called, like I went to Canada for training. She called black people Negroids. Mm. Uh, yeah yeah so I should have ran then because that was early on (laughs) but I was not as wise as I am now back then and so I stayed even though I shouldn't have um and so yeah like all of that compounded I was just like they were giving me a whole bunch of stupid shit to do after work like on top of doing my work and I was like I don't want to do it like at some point I was just kind of like Taking the personality test was fine. Like, you know, um, like talking with HR was fine. But like you giving me books and shit to read and like like quizzes and assessments, like we're in fucking school. I'm not doing that. I'm like, you're not paying me to do this. I'm not doing that. And so I didn't do it. I didn't complete the assignments and they fired me. Um, and 
that's not the be- the worst memory. We're getting there. I'm sorry. There's a lot of backstory to this. Um, and so I got fired in December. Um, I had a severance package. February, February of 2020. I had been like, like after I had been fired, I had been every single day. I was looking for jobs. I was going networking. I was going to workshops. I was like, I was on LinkedIn. I was changing LinkedIn. I was like, like talking to recruiters. I was like, I was doing everything in my power to get another job because I knew that the longer I didn't have a job, the worse my relationship with my parents was going to be because I was going to have to be in that house with my mother every single day until I got that job. And she was not going to, she was either going to make the atmosphere awkward as fuck because again, that pressure, those expectations was going to weigh down on me or she was going to outright say something nasty to me because that's how she operates. Like, sorry, mom, if you ever hear this, you know how I fucking feel. (laughs) So like, it's like I, all of January, like whatever I could do to get out of the fucking house, I would go to the library to like, like apply for jobs. I would go to the workshops and like the evenings, blah, 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 blah. I was doing everything that I could think of to not be in the house and also get a job. And so we get to February, my parents and I have had this huge fight, huge fight in the kitchen. Like there, I can't even tell you exactly what they said. All I remember was that I was trying to make my case. I was saying like, I'm doing all of this stuff. It is not that easy to find a job right now. Like you don't understand how hard it is out here to get actual good work. Like I am not going to just settle for anything anymore. Like this, that, and the fourth. They did not care. They literally sat there and they gaslit me. They, uh, they, they acted like I wasn't doing shit. They were like, they were sitting at like, why did you lose your job? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't this, this, this? And I was like, I didn't do it because I fucking hated that place. I hated that place. I hated that place. It was shit for my mental health. We don't give a fuck. We had to go to jobs that we didn't like. But da 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 da. I like, I can't, again, I don't remember exactly what was said, but I do remember that I was on the floor fucking crying my eyes out while these two people were literally standing over me, like berating the fuck out of me, 20 fucking uh, six years old with two people literally treating me like I was five, just berating me. And so I left the house. I went to the, uh, you know, the little park, like right behind my house. That, oh like, yeah. Big park. I went to, to that park. I was in my car and I fucking screamed. Yeah. I screamed. I was, that was the worst I'd ever felt in my fucking life. <laughs> and like, I can laugh about it now while I cry. But like, oh, like back then I was like, do I have enough money to move out? Like I was literally sitting there and I was all like, I could pack up my shit, right? Like I could pack up my shit and move. Like maybe I wouldn't last that long, but who knows? It's better than being here. You know what I'm saying? So, but you know, like I, again, like I said with my parents, like we don't have good communication. They don't listen to me. And Mm. so I literally, I I had to like swallow that. Oh, that's me. Yeah, I had to swallow that. And so- I had to swallow that and do what I had to fucking do to move out. And so when I got to move out, uh, when I got the job that I have now, which thank God I got it like towards the end of April. Yeah. I saved every fucking penny I could so that I can move out of that house. 
Damn, wish we did this episode in person. I need to hug you. I know, right? Oh, <laughs> poor planning. Poor planning. Um, okay. Is it my turn to read the question? <laughs> I think we got mixed up because I was reading the evens. You were reading the odds. <laughs> okay, so it's your turn. No, wait. Okay. My turn. Seven. <laughs> okay, seven. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living? Why? Um, I think I would. I'll probably do more effort to see more family in person because, you know, like I have family in Arkansas, some in Louisiana, some overseas, some in Florida. I think I'll probably put more effort into seeing them in person because a lot of these I haven't seen them in years or long ass time. So probably... Uh, probably do more effort to see one of my family and maybe some friends in person as well because we're just all just spread out right at this point I know like <laughs> the, we're the only two people in like our like my the little tiny friend group that we interact yeah. with the most we're the only two people who are next to each other anymore and we're not even really next to each other I'm like 45 minutes away now <laughs> ah right. uh, okay uh what would I change okay if I knew that in one year I was gonna die like I had a year to do I would quit my job fuck that um (laughs) sorry like I'm not working I have enough money to I think survive for a year for one year maybe or enough money to at least get me by to where like I could maybe like do like a small job like or like something like a side hustle on the side yeah, like odd jobs here and there. Um, so yeah, I think I would um I would definitely I would definitely write and publish something just so I have my name out there. Um I would travel. I would go to literally like fuck waiting till I'm 30. I would go to South Korea and Japan <laughs> right the fuck now. Who cares how much it costs? Um I would uh yeah, I would definitely travel more. Um, I would definitely say all the things I had to say to all the people I haven't said them to because no regrets, no regrets. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I think I would, um, I would start that, uh, I would start the uh, game show I want to start. And yeah, I would just try to leave behind as much of a mark as I possibly could and like go out knowing that like I at least like knew more um, than when I started. So yeah, yeah, I think that was what that would be what I would change. Okay, eight. What does friendship mean to you? Magic. Um, (laughs) Friendship is magic. Um. Friendship, like, honestly, I think it means a lot to me. I feel like what I'm about to say now is probably really bad, but, like, I'm just going to go with it. I think friendship, honestly, means a lot to me because it's the only relationship. No, I'm not going to say it like that. It's the only relationship I've relationships I've gotten to pick is what I'll say because I was going to say control, but it's not really control because, yeah. like, despite what people, like, um, will say, like, I don't. I do think I picked my friends, but at the same time, like, I don't think it was like, it's not like going to the store and picking out like a detergent brand. It was like, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm called to people. Like I know, yeah. like I look at people and I know that they're for me, even if they're not for me for a long time. 
So yeah. like I looked at Belinda. Sorry, I said your full name. I looked at <laughs> Bell Mars sitting on a uh, bus in Washington D.C. by herself, and I was like, "That's my friend." And so I made it happen. Like, and so I, that I like I picked my friend. But then in some cases, some of my friends picked me. Like, yeah. I would say that Lemonade definitely picked me because at first, like, I was not, again, I was depressed as fuck at that first job, but, like, she <laughs> she was just kind of, she was persistent, and I was like, okay, we can be friends. And, like, Ki, uh, Kiwi definitely picked my ass because she's like, you're my wife! And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, friendships, like, mean a lot to me because they're, like, literally, they're the only relationship that I've gotten to pick. And like, I think I have pretty damn good taste in people if I do say so myself. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's they're the only relationships that I've gotten to pick and that like mean a lot to me and I get to nurture. So yeah. yeah. I agree. Friendship does mean a lot to me. And I learned a lot through my friends. And sometimes we just come together like through a job. And I guess it's even better when I guess when my friends, like my work friends, meet my other friends and they do vibe together. I'm just thinking, oh, it's so great. I love this crossover episode. That crossover episode. <laughs> yes, it's my favorite part. <laughs> I mean, not all of them were cool. I mean, I know one jazzy. I haven't talked to him in a while, so <laughs> they don't even consider your friend. Let's ask the questions that need to questions that need answers. Yeah, I guess it's more so an acquaintance. And I'm guessing if like kind of going from that acquaintance level to friend level, it's definitely something. And I really appreciate that. Like, I mean, I don't always get to choose my sibling because I have a lot, cousins, family, but I get to choose my friends and mm -hmm. it's always nice. And we have to put effort because, you know, everyone's so busy now because as you get older, people have more shit they need to deal with, like marriage, school, career, or they have to move to a certain area. So I really treasure those moments when my friends get together. Yeah. Make sure to rehydrate, Bessie, because I'm just trying to let people... Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, what roles do love and affection play in your life? I think I do love and affection people. I mean, we're still in a pandemic, so I'm not as touchy-feely as I used to be. I mean, with my close friends, like I know they have no COVID and I love to hug them and I love that physical affection. And I do say I love you to a lot of people. Like, I love you, man. Mm -hmm. And to my niece, to my close friends, I said I love them. Like, I love you guys. So I think it's important in my life. I mean, even though we try not to do it because, you know, pandemic, but yeah, I think love and affection, try to show affection different ways besides the physical. Yeah, definitely agreed. Um, love and affection. Um, when I was younger, I was real affectionate. Like in middle school, like everybody got a hug. <laughs> <laughs> everybody got a hug. Um yeah uh I don't I don't think I'm as huggy now as I used to be like I definitely uh because I feel like people are more like keen about physical space but the people I know will hug me I hug them like um but uh yeah I definitely tell Belle Mars I love her all like every time we get off the phone I'm like I love you okay bye <laughs> um my dad will do this thing when he gets off the phone with me now he'll be like okay I love you bye like he'll do it too like he'd be like okay love you and i'll be like love you too and they're like bye okay so like he he says it often um but yeah like i i don't think they don't play a big role in my life i just think that a lot i'm surrounded 
with the exceptions of the two do you know what's funny you and my dad are also left-handed people is that a thing is there a correlation here Mm. Uh, but like uh yeah I think I'm just surrounded by a lot of people who are more so the kind of people who show love like my mom is more of a like I show love by doing things for you kind of person like Mm. that lady like sent me a text the other day where she was like uh, some like restaurant was giving out like free shrimp and like sausage or something. She just randomly sent that to me and my brother. Like, and then like after that, she's like, we're going to Baton Rouge. And I'm like, what kind of, this is weird. Like there was no like transition. You just were like, here's a free thing. And then here's, we're going to Baton Rouge. I'm like, what? <laughs> but like she does, like, she like, will just send me random articles of stuff like she'll like be like I bought this for you like 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 this lamp that I have on my desk I didn't even ask for that like the last time they went like you know furniture shopping or whatever art shopping she just bought it she's like I got a lamp for you I'm like okay (laughs) so like that's how she shows affection like in love and so like I'm surrounded by people who don't really say it that often and I kind of need it you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, I have a yeah, my sister Stewie's the same way. Like I brought you McDonald's, right? We're going, uh, or when we got a discount. I'm thinking thanks, because she's not really touchy feely. Right? Yeah, my mom is like she's not touchy feely. She hates it because she has hot flashes. But like she hates it. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm just surrounded by people who really don't say it that often. I think, like I said, Belmars and my dad are probably the people who say it the most often to me. Um. But yeah, you know, I kind of need it. But like, I also am a quality time person. So like, if you spend time with me, I'd be like, they love me. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think it plays a, a role. I'm trying to say it to more people. Because again, like I used to be a more physically affectionate person. And I used to, I think, say it a lot more. But like, I've kind of grown out of it. Because like, again, like I really was surrounded by people who didn't do it. So yeah, I'm trying to be more, but like, I do feel like I am kind of closed off to being vulnerable, especially in romantic relationships, because it's just kind of like, I'm looking for you not to not be shit. I'm like totally honest with you in a romantic relationship, especially with a man. I'm like, I'm waiting for you to disappoint me. And that's not the way that you should go into romantic relationships. Like when you meet people, you shouldn't do that. But like, I'm always just kind of like, you're going to disappoint me. And they do. (laughs) So yeah um I need to work on my romantic love and affection but like I feel like I have platonic I'm working really well on platonic and like familial so yeah baby steps <laughs> baby steps uh okay um is it my turn also oh, uh alternate sharing something you consider a positive character of your partner share total five. Oh, I'm gonna try on this part <laughs> Well, I guess I go first. I think you're a very beautiful woman. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> so much. Trying to get fit and then you do your hair, your makeup. It's just so gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have on. to do like five. So. Oh, we're alternating. Oh, do you do you did your first one? It's okay. It's my yeah. turn. Yeah. I, because I feel like people don't say it enough, but also because I do, I love your skin. I love your skin. <laughs> it's clear and also I love I love dark skinned women. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> my first one. <laughs> That's my first one. Okay. 
I'm honestly blessed to call you my sister because you're almost like part of my family. My family loves you. My niece loves you. Aww. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hide here. I don't have any um, okay. Uh, I think that you are one of the most intelligent people I know. If not the most intelligent person I know. Thanks. I really love your ambition because you set a goal and you go ahead and achieve it. It's very inspiring to me. I think that I feel like you're the most hardworking person I know. Um, And I feel like you, um, I'm not going to cry, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like even though you like, you really stumble like you like sometimes um I feel like you have like great motivation and I wish you would be less hard on yourself <laughs> okay but how many have to cry are we doing I'm like a bitch I know I'm like fuck <laughs> okay okay in the fifth one and no matter what you put your mind to I know you're gonna be great because oh. you put your heart and soul into everything and just radiates through from this podcast your game show to getting your own apartment i know you'll be great okay wait i need more wine (laughs) i'm just probably not helping with my tears (laughs) um okay my last thing um i feel like um you have like the most amazing personality um like you're so nurturing of course like to all of your relationships um and I feel like you've also like really worked on like spending time with people I think you're always like saying that you want to spend more time with people but I feel like you've definitely like improved yourself in that area um and uh like you're you're nurturing like you you care a, like a lot about everyone around you and you just like radiate I mean you said radiate but I was like you're radiant you radiate like <sighs> <sighs> okay <laughs> most we cried in this podcast <laughs> I know right I was prepared but I'm not prepared <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood is happier than most other people's? I think we are getting warmer. I mean, I know as a kid, you know, a lot of shit went down and, you know, as kids, you can't really control it. I think now as adults, we try to radiate, become close and warm as a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I can talk to my siblings and my dad about stuff, which I couldn't do when I was younger, but now I'm equipped with better languages. Um, I mean, in terms of my childhood, was it happier? I mean, I guess some of the shit in my childhood is a little bit traumatic. Mm -hmm. So I guess I have kind of a dark sense of humor about that. Like my mom being drunk and walk around naked in the street. Like, is that your mom? No. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, or my brother, brother wrestling me because WWF was popular. So I think it was probably fine. It is what it is. I'll probably just leave at that. Yeah yeah fair um how close and warm uh I feel like now I feel like 
we're a little more combative do you see what i'm saying now that like we're all older like i feel like my 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 the brother that's like closest in age is me i feel like in age to me has always been a little like pushed like a little push back with my parents you know what i'm saying not yeah. in a like rebellious sense like the most rebellious sibling don't let him lie to you was my <laughs> eldest brother <laughs> hey you used to sneak out windows and shit Ooh. okay that's why my parents moved him from like the the bedroom upstairs because they were like we don't have time for your bullshit you're staying down here where we can hear you okay <laughs> so like um but yeah I don't know like I I think it's kind of hard for me to say that we've been close and warm I don't think I think it's gotten a little better because I feel like we were a little disjointed because again, like in my, I'm only, I can only speak from my perspective. Like when I was growing up, like, and my brother, that's like the middle child was only in the house. There was a lot of like, like, I mean, again, he was a teenager and a young adult. He was really like put like butting heads with my parents a lot. And so there was a lot of arguments. And so it kind of felt like, and then at some point it was just me, you know what I'm saying? In the house. Yeah. Like, so it almost felt like being an only child because like, I really didn't get to see like my brothers too often unless like the eldest one moved back in. And so now I feel like we probably get together a little bit more, but we are a little bit more like willing to like be a little argumentative. Like, right. so I don't know, like if that has like helped and made us closer, I like, it just depends, I think on, like how willing my parents are to acknowledge us as adults um because I feel like a lot of the time they kind of just dismiss us because we made you do you know what somebody used like recently the to describe children they said crotch fruit and I'm like that's the best description <laughs> for a child I'm gonna use it and so I basically think my parents are just like you're our crotch fruit you don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> <Crotch> <laughs> <fruit>. <laughs> so yeah um as far as my childhood, um, I think my childhood was probably a lot more comfortable than uh, some other people's. Like, <laughs> I, it always wigs me out every time I think about this. But like when Munchie came over to the house <laughs> with you and I to watch a movie and she's like, you're rich. And I'm like, no, we're, we're just middle class. <laughs> like we're, we're really, we may be upper middle class, but we're just middle class. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was like comfortable, uh, probably. Um, and I had, I think my parents molded me well enough to where they, I would tell them everything or, or like, and then I eventually learned that I couldn't tell them everything. And so they told right. them, I told them, and I think I developed that defense mechanism now as an adult where I will tell someone a lot of information, but not all of it is like, you know, um, yeah. not all of it is meaningful. Like I'll get, and they'll think I'll give you enough to where you think, you know, something about me, but really you don't. Right. And that's like, you know, like, and because a lot of people have told me they're like, "Oh, I never knew that about you," and I'm like, "That wasn't important until now." <laughs> like, you know, it's just like I laugh, but it's sad. Um, yeah. so yeah, I guess my childhood was it was comfortable, but I wouldn't uh, happier. It was it was okay. Like, yeah. and maybe that's like a spoiled thing to say, but again, like I went through an entire childhood where I had to hear arguing and like 
people weren't really validating my opinions. And so I had to learn to just validate my own opinions. So that wasn't yeah. ideal. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess another one. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? I guess I'll start because technically yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be starting. Um, my relationship with my mother is like a seesaw. um like one day I will like some a lot of days I'm not gonna lie a lot of days it's fine like I'll be up in the air like everything will be great um like and a relationship especially since I moved out oh amazing like amazing (laughs) like you know and then other days, like I will be down in the fucking dirt. I'll know, I won't know how the fuck I got there. Um, and uh, it's because like, you know, it's a, we just run into kind of issues. Like my, I think the problem with my mom and I is, is that we're both, we're too similar. Like, I'm just yeah. going to call a thing a thing. We're too similar. Um, like she's very like, she's very much like it's kind of me like my way or the highway like type of person and like my opinion makes the most sense and so am I like (laughs) I'm very much like no you don't know what you're talking about like I can be very stubborn uh when I want to be and so like we like will hit like a like a wall or whatever and we can get very like nasty with one another so like I think like yeah about like 75 percent of the time my relationship with my mom is fine you know what I'm saying like but then like the bullshit will happen where she'll make our like relationship um what's the word I'm looking for kind of like rocks the boat or like no like uh like you know where like she'll use shit she's done for me against me what is the word for that um not like bargaining um it's somewhere close to that, you know, like, uh, I can't, it's, it's start, it starts with an R and I can't remember what the word is right now, but yeah, like she'll make our relationship that way. Or like, again, we'll go run into a communication problem or like, she'll gaslight me, you know, typical black mm-hmm. parent bullshit. Yeah. 25% of the time. So yeah. I mean, with my relation with my mother, I mean, my mom's dead. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I'm learning a lot more about her in death, and I wish I can probably talk about when she was alive. Mm-hmm. But I heard stories from like Lydia, uh, from Stewie. She told me a lot about her, but I'm guessing my relation with Stewie actually gotten better over the years because that man, Stewie's just a mean old jerk who wears diapers and whatnot. <laughs> But ended up it was pads. It's just that our mother always buy the thick ones, and then she got old. Like, okay, I don't have to buy these thick ass ones. I can buy the thin one, and why not use tampons? So, <laughs> but she's a good mom to Munchie, and I love it. And I try to be a great auntie to Munchie as well. I mean, I might just embrace the role of being the rich auntie. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I wish it could be better. Uh, I learned more about her. And uh, I think she probably would have been a great grandmother. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know that my mom is like dressed as much as your mom, even though she can be on her bullshit 25% of the time. 
but you're like y'all don't know but my mom gives her 75 percent like halfway to belmars <laughs> like she's like like the other day we were on the phone like when you went to pick up that spanish shit yeah. and she's like yeah she was telling me this 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 Right. And she was like, yeah. oh, Nikki Alley. She's like, Nikki Alley, you need to do this, 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 and this for Belmars. And I'm like, damn. Like, okay. like, shit, I'm trying to help my friend out too. Like, don't like don't just sass me. She's my sister. She was my sister before she was your daughter. <laughs> oh, your pseudo daughter. Um, so damn. Um, but anyway, yeah. So hey, my mom is more than happy to be your mom too. Yes. um next question is make is it my turn to read yeah i mean yeah okay. make three true we statements each for instance we are both in this room feeling dot 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 i guess we are both in this room feeling overwhelmed <laughs> with emotion like good and bad emotion i'm guessing it's natural feeling for humans when they're just overwhelmed with happiness anger and sadness to just cry and i'm just thinking just overwhelmed with emotion in general yeah. tears of joy tears of sadness tears of anger because when i get really angry i cry me too yeah that's right like oh god um okay i guess we can uh let me see we we have to make three each okay so we can go back okay. and forth we okay. are both um we are both strong incredibly talented independent black women yes <laughs> that's true <laughs> okay we're both feeling i'm just gonna take out the prepositional phrase in this room uh more secure than we were when we started this i'm learning a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> um we are both feeling do i want to use feeling i don't know it just said three true statements yeah i say we are both okay we can probably just do we are both yeah i think like yeah we we are both um hmm, we are both giant nerds <laughs> who love each other <laughs> okay okay i guess we're both a ball of feelings Mm -hmm. and i know many times in this world we have to close off all feelings whether because you know we're women and we're also black so you can't show too much emotion or you can be that black chick so i'm just thinking we're just a ball of emotions we have vulnerabilities and i'm just being vulnerable right now is a lot yeah it is All right, take a deep breath. Um, we are both unafraid to um, confront the status quo, I will say. It's called confrontational millennials for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay, two. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I can share blank. Okay. I wish I had someone with whom I could share um, ideas and thoughts and dreams and a bed with. (laughs) 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 Oh, I laughed like a witch. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Yes. Pause. I I wish- positively. Yeah, but go on. I wish I had someone whom I can share. I guess would we'll see. Share. I'm guessing more zero escape content because the good series, visual novels, good twists, but very, very long. Very esoteric fandom, too. I guess I'll put that. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. It's, did you hear that, people? She is seeking someone to <laughs> talk to her about this content that I have no idea that she's talking about. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Is this a. Yeah, it's a gift that uh, Reese M. Rip got me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's um, called Zero Escape because the first one I played is called Nine Doors, Nine Hours, Nine People. Uh-huh. Where we got nine people that have to escape the Titanic in nine hours. And they have to go through nine doors. Oh. And it's known as the Nonary Game. So you have like a bracelet and each one has to add up to a number and it's just really complicated. So let's say the number is 13 that you got everyone's bracelets together, one through nine, and they add us to 13, one plus three equals four. So you can go through the four door. So, and you learn a lot about psychology too, kind of like one thing I find interesting because they're talking about each time you replace someone's part of them. But let's speak with the ship. Let's because we have to go do this puzzle, and each time you switch another part of them, is this really that person? So let's say me and Nikki Alley switch arms, legs, everything except our head. Are we really the same people? Even though I'm like ninety percent Nikki Alley, you're ninety percent Bell Mars. I love it in a psychology standpoint. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but also I feel like I fuck with my brain. <laughs> So we switch like everything, like our heads, and then we're on a different body. Or is that really my body? Is it your body? So I'm just thinking, damn, never thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, shit. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> if you play this game, talk to Belmars about it. Um. Oh, okay. If you were going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. That's kind of hard. We're already best friends. <laughs> it would be awkward. I would have to break up with my partner. And then I'm just thinking, hey, ta-da, parents. I'm in a lesbian relationship. Woo! I mean, they'll be supportive. My my niece might just say, finally. <laughs> Listen, she would because that girl has accused us several times of being in a lesbian relationship. I mean, she'll probably marry us because she's in the Catholic faith. I'm thinking, you sure the Catholic? I mean, some Catholics are open to that, others are not. Others are not. Yeah, the church as a whole, though, not. Um. Okay, but if I was gonna, okay, let's just pretend we're gonna pretend for like two seconds that we're not best friends. (laughs) Like (laughs) we're gonna share something that we feel like it would be important for uh, each other to know. Okay. (laughs) You can go first. Okay. What would I have to share that's important for me to know? Um, Let's see. I'm guessing, as you may know, I may be very hard on myself and I'm trying to do everything in my power. Maybe I'd be extra over the top and being a partner and thinking, oh, you wanted this? Let me go get you like two of these. Or, you know what? You just wanted a $20 version. Let me go get the $80 version. So I guess many times that probably let me know like, okay, you're here. You need to bring it down here. Like bring it down, like you're at a 20, bring it down to a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, something that you need to know about me. 
is that I am super insecure. (laughs) (laughs) I am like, I am like doing my damnness to like make an outside facade that is like really like tricking people into thinking that I like have like the confidence of 1000 supermodels but like (laughs) it's really like I have the most insecurity I think I probably have is in my relationships because like I um I hold on to things that I from my past that I really don't need to hold on to because I was told a lot when I was younger that I talk too fucking much and that I'm annoying and so like (laughs) I've like held on to that even though I know I shouldn't have and so like a lot of the times like and like I'm an attention whore and so I feel like that was a lot of things in one thing but they're all related I fucking promise Uh, so like the the Leo in me is like the Leo Venus is an attention whore and so when I don't get like attention um when I want it exactly when I want it I probably will be like a on the other side you will never know but I will be like a fucking mess I'll be like oh my god they don't have time for me they don't like me (laughs) and I'm working on it uh like I'm working on understanding that adults are busy they do not always have time to like respond to me immediately yeah (laughs) Okay, yes, that is the thing. Um, cool. Four. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time. Saying things you might not say to someone you just met. Great. You know <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, I guess I'll probably go ahead and go first. I'm thinking this almost 20 more than 20 years of friendship like almost 20 years of friendship has been wonderful mm-hmm. I mean we've been through so much together whether it's the first time we went to a sex shop or anime convention I mean I'm just thinking you're just that friend that's down for everything whether if I want to go to a club or bookstore it's just great that I can probably rely on you on that and it's great and no matter what happens in our life I think no matter we always find our way back to each other yeah uh definitely okay oh, i have to get over that i'm sorry <laughs> that was i like that mm. <laughs> okay um what you like about them uh um i like that despite the fact that i may i think fail sometimes um that i uh that I may kind of fall off or like that we both fall off. Like that last thing was like really a thing that I like about us that we always like, we like occasionally we're kind of like, we're not in contact. I don't think we had like the normal friendship that like a lot of people talk about in movies or TV shows or in shit like that, where like there was like sleepovers and, and, uh, and boys, because who the fuck cares about boys? <laughs> <laughs> But like talking about, you know, but like, I think that we, despite that have like, again, always found our way back to each other. And I think a large part of that has just been like, you are so willing to forgive me for like, Mm. sorry. Oh, (laughs) 
Hey, <laughs> crying on camera. Y'all are not. I just want to say, like, as a side note, y'all are not getting like a camera recording this week. <laughs> Fuck that. Like on Instagram, you're not. Like, you're not. I'm not crying on camera. I'm not gonna be one of them girls that post shit where I cry on camera. Okay. Who's uh, like I have soda by Yana Von Zen fix my life? That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that. You're a very forgiving person because I was a little bitch, <laughs> especially in middle school. I was the yeah. fucking worst. Um, and so, like, I think that that's like, I think the best part about you is that you're really forgiving and that, um, well, well at least in our relationship, sometimes you should not forgive people. Yeah. But like, <laughs> there's some people I didn't forgive. <laughs> right. But like, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that you're really forgiving that you gave me a second chance. Oh my god, do I have to pause the fucking recording again? Because I don't <laughs> I mean we can probably take a moment to compose ourselves. Okay, wait, hold on. We'll be right back. <laughs> Where's the little thingy? Okay. Okay. So um share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. I mean, this one happened recently. So I got a gift card to Kohl's. I had no idea what to get from Kohl's when I was closed. So I decided I'm going to get me some shoes. So I went there and I saw like nice, uh, like Under Armour and Adidas shoes. But then all of a sudden I had to poo. I had to take a shit. So I went all the way over there. And for some reason, the bathroom were closed at Kohl's. So I'm thinking, shit, what to do? So I have to drive all the way back to Walmart. So in the front of the bathroom was closed, in the back, and then I had a toilet paper. So I just sneaked out and like no one was there, got some paper <laughs> toilet paper. And then I, you know, washed my hands and drove back to Coles and got me two pairs of shoes. Oh my god, that's a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> I mean, why is the bathroom closed at Coles? I didn't know why. I was debating whether or not to like sneak in. I, I was at this point, I was tempted to go to the mail, but all of them were closed. <laughs> oh no! Oh my gosh! Um, most embar- like an embarrassing moment in my life. That's there's a lot of those. Although I think I'm trying to train myself not to feel embarrassment. <laughs> like, I'm just like, and t- that happened. Like, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Um, God damn, the, mo- the one I can think of, because you just told a story about poop, um, was like, I, uh, where was I at? I was with my family in where were we were we in Kima something like that this was when I was like 10 years old which is way too old to fucking do this shit (laughs) but like we were I was 10 years old I had to go to the bathroom but like back then I am not the voracious bitch I am now and so I didn't want to like interrupt the evening you know even though a 10 year old having to go to the bathroom is perfectly normal but I did it and so the girl just shit her pants oh yeah there was no good reason there wasn't a good reason and like I don't know if I had I don't remember what happened after that because like 
my family, like we were standing and we were talking to somebody. I don't even remember what we were doing, but like (laughs) we were talking to someone and like my mom, like, well, like made a face and she pulled the back of my pants and she saw it and she looked at me and she's like, the fuck? (laughs) And I was just like, (laughs) and it's just kind of like, Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't even remember what did I change pants? Did I change underwear? I don't know. Because I can't remember because I'm pretty sure I blacked out after that. Like it was all a fucking blur that my brain is just like, we're gonna erase this. So you don't have to remember all of it in excruciating detail. (laughs) Yeah, that was that's an embarrassing moment of my life that I can remember. Six. When's the last time you cry in front of another person and by yourself? I Just mean, now I cried in front of Belmar. Um. Okay. By myself. The last time I cried by myself was the, the last week. Um. So, uh, background. I'm on my period. Okay. Mm. Um, and before my period, like at least three days or so, like maybe up to a week before, I become a hot emotional ass mess. Um, so like I was watching, I kid you not, Disney movies in my bed and I kept crying at every single fucking one. I watched Encanto. I cried at least three times during that movie. I watched uh Moana I cried at least five times during that fucking movie I was watching Brave I cried once because I really didn't care I was like it was a white girl so I was like I feel bad for you and like I'm glad you're in your mother's relationship it's better and that was the only part I cried at because I was like I wish my mom and I could be like that but anyway I cried once and then like what was the other movie I watched and I cried during that one too so I was just crying during all the Disney fucking movies that I hadn't seen like and I was like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah so that was me i was just a cry like a like a sad bitch last week yeah so i cried uh, of course in front of nikki alley just now i mean y'all heard you boohooing and then i ghost earlier this week after another rejection i thought oh an interview went great rejected thinking damn <laughs> self-pity mode you know i felt so bad when she told us i was like oh. <laughs> um tell your partner something that you like about them already (laughs) everything (laughs) (laughs) everything your confidence i love nikki alley's confidence i mean the way she portrays it's wonderful and change it for the world thank (laughs) you um i like that belmars has definitely become more open and vulnerable like especially I think as we've gotten older so I feel like I've definitely gotten to know her as a person which I a lot more now that we've matured and there's like a person to know and not just hormones I'm just kidding <laughs> oh, but like you know she was still a person back then but yeah I think I I love it like I've definitely gotten to know her a lot more um and our friendship has definitely grown the last since we've become adults definitely so yeah i like open vulnerability like all that stuff okay what if anything is too serious to be joked about 
Um, something too serious to be joked about. Um, that's difficult because we're terrible people. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> fuck. Uh, unaliving yeah. yourself. That's that's where I draw my lines is unaliving yourself like it's not it's typically not very funny to me um also the treatment of black women but like you know yeah I have to say too much about black women I mean to me I mean being a black woman just the dark-skinned jokes and everything and that doesn't I mean I've joked about everything else toxic black mothers I joke about toxic black people getting whooped getting the black beat off of them (laughs) so I guess it really depends who I'm joking with certain things I probably can't jerk around joke around with certain people right. but I'm just thinking if I'm around other black people then yeah I'll probably do as much black trauma jokes as I want uh <laughs> and make a joke of how my cousin is like every negative stereotype about a black woman rolled into one nah. that lazy different baby daddy has an attitude wants to be on food stamps <laughs> Mm. speaking bingo card i mean the only difference is that her name's not shaniqua <laughs> it could be changed <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can joke about that so i guess to me it depends who you're joking with in the audience um but i guess if you're not black or at least don't have a similar situational thing i probably want to joke around it with you yeah no definitely white people like look at me you can never joke with me about oh my god look i'm darker than you fuck off okay you don't listen to that i am blacker than you right bitch wait till it's summertime (laughs) first of all i get my color back it's winter okay my skin black guy can i say the n-word give me a pass (laughs) your your black king it does not speak for all of us (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah no we don't we don't joke like that with certain people white people don't ever come up to me and be like can I say oh my god this reminds me of the one time in college like I had a white white lady roommate and her white Hispanic friend they wanted to watch Django Unchained but they were both visibly white. And so they didn't want to feel better about themselves. And they invited me to watch it with them. So they could be all like, oh, see, look, we have a, we have a buffer black. (laughs) So we don't look bad. Like we want to just watch a movie with the N word in it, like just all over the place. And it's like, okay like first of all i'm not visibly black to most people so this is not really helping you it just looks like three really like it looks like two white people on a tan person like watching <laughs> watching jingle and Jane. it's not helping you like the way you it's not giving what you think it's gonna give <laughs> i just oh yeah, my I god watching lincoln and when they said niggers and they just everyone because we we're like the only like my dad brother and i were only black people watching that movie so all eyes turned to us and thinking is this okay that they said it in a movie yes it's historically <laughs> accurate bitch like what do you want me to do it's so context i mean it's the n-word and huckleberry finn just scan over it right like 
people are so funny sometimes okay if you were to die this evening why are there so many questions about death in here um <laughs> with no opportunity to, to to communicate with anyone what would you most regret not having told someone why haven't you told them yet i'm guessing to, well i think i said what needs to be said but i'm guessing not having told everyone I mean, besides how much I love them and how much they influence me and how much they help me, uh, I think probably that's it because I need to go tell a lot of people if I get into, uh, like, thank you so much for your mentorship and setting me on the right path. I really appreciate it. So probably regret not saying that. So I was just finding the right time. So um, it, I would probably regret um well i'm not nothing to my parents i've already made that point clear they're just not listening um i would probably regret first person i can think of which i hate that i still even think about this fucking man but like i would like want to air out my feelings for this guy i'm not gonna say his name i'm not giving him the satisfaction um from college that like kind of we played ghost tag let me like let me just coin a new dating term like even though we never dated a ghost tag where like we would take turns ghosting each other but he ghosted me last and when I was trying to be a better person and reach out and make amends and so I would want to make sure that I said all that I wanted to say to him which was um what what I don't even know what I want to say to him other than like fuck you I was trying to be a good person and then you kind of just left me in the dust (laughs) Like, I mean, that's like the literally only thing I had to say, like, you just, you clearly did it. Like I was trying to develop a friendship. You, I guess were not, um, you could have just said that and then left me alone. Yeah. You know, so it probably, uh, that, and then like, do I need have anybody else but tell like everybody I love them, obviously would yeah. want to say like to everybody that I love them. Um, I do, I want to say this. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Kiwi doesn't listen to the podcast. I would have some things to say about today to Kiwi about her wedding that I never got to say um, that still kind of bothered me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think like that's that's probably the most prevalent things on my chest that I would want to get off. Um, yeah oh no that's a lie there was this guy in high school that I had a crush on I would tell him hey I had a crush on you I don't want anything to happen now I just wanted to let you know that (laughs) okay bye (laughs) oh he didn't go to our high school though he went to Friendswood high school we met uh we met through uh piano lessons oh I also heard that the same like main character in Encantos actually went to queer brook our home high school okay wait a minute like the person who voiced her yeah like the main character of, of Kanto. she went to queer brook what is she in our graduating class oh no i think she graduated oh. like way before us oh fuck i was like is she gonna be in the reunion now <laughs> i need to reach out because <laughs> she was also in brooklyn 99 oh okay cool listen look at that we yeah, have Stephanie a- Beatrice. She went to Corbrook. Oh, okay. That is so cool. We have a semi-famous person that went to our school. Look at us. Yeah. Moving on up to the yeah. east side. <laughs> yeah, that's all I could think of. 
that's all yeah. I can think of. Okay. So, um, it's number ten. Your, your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save anyone on it. What would it be? Why? My laptop. <laughs> Why? Because it has literally every like thing that I'm working on on there. Yeah. Hopefully the power cord is still dangling from it, but I can always <laughs> order another one of those. I can order another one. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, my laptop, because it has like pretty much like, which I need to work on this, but it has pretty much every story that I've ever written. It has like, um, it has my game show that I'm working on. <laughs> it has like, yeah, it just, it, it has a lot of stuff that I care about. So yeah, I would save my laptop. Um, everything else can be replaced. Yeah. And I agree with my laptop because generally I'm lucky that we decided to do this one summer is to back up all of our family photos onto Google Drive because our mom used to have like this whole trunk full of like like uh pictures because you know we used to have like the polaroids and the film cameras to get them developed so we had those so and she had them in this trunk and then my sister stewie had the trunk and i decided you know while my sister stewie's going off to law school i'm going to save all these pictures and we put them on google drive so i also have some pictures on here because i also have like some from my caribbean side of my family Mm -hmm. uh so i need to upload those pictures so definitely my laptop because there's so much memories, professional shit, and other things, and other just miscellaneous stuff on here that I have. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're we're millennials, bro. We can't live without our technology. <laughs> like, um, wait. Of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing? Why? Well, I guess I would find it most disturbing if any of my nieces would die. Because they're very young, they're very healthy, and if they ever die, will be in a very unnatural way. And that will probably find me most disturbing, because I love my niece's pieces to death. And anything were to happen to them, I'll be very sad. Yeah, devastated. I would be devastated if Munchie went too. I'd be like, Munch, no! <laughs> I'd scream. Um, uh, of all the people, and I'm going to limit this to my immediate family only because like, way too many people in my family uh um uh probably my mom even though yes i have literally talked the most talk the most ish about that lady this entire time like and even though i basically said i was the daddy's girl like my mom bruh i've thought about it obviously like with any of them i would be like just like uh, but like my mom I don't think any of us would be able to even operate anymore. Like yeah. that's how like, and not in a way where like we couldn't take care of ourselves or anything like that. Like I think, especially with my siblings, I think my mom did a pretty good job of like making sure we'd be self-sustainable. I had a whole rant about it last week. Like I didn't say that for nothing. Um, But like, yeah, uh, it's just that, I don't know. Like she's so integral that like it's if she died I don't think any of us would know like what the hell to do with ourselves honestly like it's unfathomable to think about so I don't like to think about it um (laughs) so yeah that um is this the last one 
Yeah. One. Okay. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also ask your partner to reflect on how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. Okay. Interesting. A personal problem I'm having and how you might handle it. I mean, the only personal problem I could think of is like, how can I properly network? Because I know you've probably been in a similar shoes with looking for work and people telling you no. Yeah. Um, so, okay. How I would handle how to properly network. Um, so y'all can take notes too, <laughs> listeners. Um, so I took, a, um, I took like kind of like a course, almost a course, but not really a course, kind of a workshop, but like basically it was like an HR person and she came in and she kind of like gave us some tools, but I, I think you're doing well, like going to a lot of events, uh, like going to events is very good, trying, making sure you make that impression, making sure like you're giving out your information to people. Um, I think like the best way to properly network on LinkedIn is to like kind of interact with like people that you admire or like people that have kind of the life if you want to mentor so this is like if you want to mentor like somebody who's in your industry that you admire like you definitely should follow them you should definitely interact with their posts you should definitely like leave comments on their posts and like try to build that rapport where that you could potentially kind of connect with them so that maybe you can pick their brain for questions that's the advice that you kind of gave us if you wanted a mentor if you're trying to like get a job you definitely need to find out who the recruiters are so any like so any job that you're looking for like on LinkedIn or like on any of these other websites, like you'd like figure out who the company is, figure out who's in HR for that company. And like, like, you know, um, add them, like, uh, see if you can get their email, see if you can email them. Some of them will respond to you. I've had a couple of people respond to me when I've taken that route and they've given like, you know, answers to like maybe what they're looking for in a candidate, like question wise. Um, and like, also like, just like, make sure you kind of like, you don't have to just network with people who have experience. You can also network with people who maybe don't, and you can like pick their brains for how they're applying for jobs, what they're doing. Like, are they joining any like associations? Like, are they, um, like, like what kind of fee, like, are they paying fees for something? What are they like doing? Like what resources that they heard of? And so like, you definitely can like feed off of the community that you have, um, in that area. And then you can also like go to maybe places that are not specifically for that industry, but maybe that industry has a need for that. So like go to like uh, the healthcare job fairs. Healthcare people need quality, for in your instance, they need quality assurance people. Oil and gas job fairs, they need quality assurance people hell um tech people definitely go to tech people 
Yeah. The inequality assurance people, anything that you can think of that where you can provide a solution for someone's need, or you can convince someone that they have a need that they haven't even thought of, and you will definitely stand out that way. And so like, I would center your content, I would center your networking around like picking pe- other people's brains for resources and like what you can do better. And like, like going places and make like standing out and being like, oh yeah, no, I may not be looking for a job to be a nurse, but guess what you need as like a company, like, you know, you need- Safety person, industrial hygienist. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that that would be my advice um, to you. Uh, To reflect on how you seem to be feeling about the problem that you've chosen. Based on like what you've kind of told us in the past and like definitely now, I think that I think that you maybe feel like mm, a mixture between overwhelmed and like defeated, like because you are trying a lot of different tactics and like they maybe are not landing you exactly the place that you want to be I think also maybe there's like a tinge of impatience in there you know what I'm saying and that's that's uh just relatable and it makes sense because I mean when you go go this long without like this stretch without a job you can kind of feel like maybe you're starting to creep up like you're kind of like a failure and I just want to make it clear that like you're not like it like especially when you're trying to break into a new industry it takes time um so yeah I would just kind of encourage you to like remember that like especially like when you're like considering jobs to remember your worth remember what you've like done and remember that like you know in order to build that rapport it takes a little bit of like it it takes a little bit of like push give and push you know what I'm saying like so um yeah that would be what I would say about that. Talks okay. a lot. Okay. Um, okay, sure. Okay, so then I'll do this. My personal problem is that I feel like I cannot, um, I have a really hard time making romantic connections. Um, so how would you handle like, me going out like how would you handle going out into the dating world like what advice would you give me on that let's go let's I mean go. I understand it's probably a little bit difficult kind of meeting new people and kind of like building up rapport because I guess there's a sense of like vulnerability mm-hmm. that you would have to like go along with and I'm guessing there's also that fear of like okay this motherfucker's gonna fuck up somehow I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm guessing, yeah. I mean, if there are any red flags, probably states tier them like they're an alpha male, stay away. But I'm just thinking it's like a genuinely nice guy or like act genuinely nice, not like hashtag nice guy so you can get into your panties. Mm-hmm. So uh get to know someone or a girl. I know I'm not uh in a same-sex relationship so I can't really fully comment on that but I'm just kind of like there's a sense of vulnerability probably put yourself out there and just trying to try and meet people um I know dating is hard whether it's like speed dating or online dating or probably just find ways or just trying to like go through like friend groups I mean I know none of my guy friends were interested in dating it (laughs) so at all (laughs) so 
<laughs> so I think probably try and get it out there and I'm guess probably go with like the best intentions and I know kind of that fear what you have like okay I've been I have been dating this far maybe I don't know how to act in relationships or mm-hmm. I mean I think generally a lot of people don't know how to act in relationships either because sometimes mm-hmm. we just model off our parents mm-hmm. sometimes our parents are not really the best model for us maybe they're really good models so and because you know everyone brings their baggage in a relationship and I guess really communicate to see what baggage you have what your previous relationship is like and I'm guessing if you're dating a guy and you realize okay I have no previous relationship just it just didn't work out that way not that I have any red flags so I'm just thinking probably work on getting a little bit vulnerable and going into a relationship with like good intentions So I need an attitude adjustment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, That was the last question. Who did lighter? Right. right. Don't you like, I feel like I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. (laughs) Maybe it's because I drank half this bottle of wine, but also. I drank all the rest of my sangria that was left. Mm. Listen. need to get some more but then again i have been eating good i've been sticking mostly to water and tea except this weekend where i had soda hmm. had me like a sprite cranberry from christmas i'm not sure why heb still had that in stock but i just took it right <laughs> why the fuck not um <laughs> yeah i ate i actually ate really good today in fact i said i was going to eat another fruit because i've had my vegetable i've had my fruit and i'm like i want another fruit um but yeah I oh I have to put up my food um but yeah I what was the oh oh, I want chocolates see no eat grapes I'm like oh yeah because Valentine's Day is coming up yeah chocolates were kind of on sale not really um at Kroger (laughs) like it was like two (laughs) for two for eight like a, a Lindor truffles you know and so I was like a little bag and so I was like oh a treat (laughs) <laughs> because I have done, I have been through the ringer. I deserve it. Uh, I've already eaten one bag. <laughs> so I got it on Friday. Like, do you see where we're headed? Not good. Um, so I'm trying to be good the rest of the week. Uh, but yeah, um, I think we're gonna we can close out this little episode because I'm sorry, guys. We've been here for like two hours. <laughs> We yeah, gotta- it's very emotional heavy I, we poured our souls it's like getting naked in front of someone so being that vulnerable it's, I know it's yeah and we've seen each other naked so that's like <laughs> <laughs> weird um okay uh so I think we can close out today's episode with just a little like um what are you like what are we you know what what are our plans for February because February is literally a little over 24 hours away. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, my brother Star Dragon's birthday is on the 7th, but he wants to celebrate it on the 5th. So I'm going to think about what to get him for it because he likes modding uh, and he wants to go more into a series about making a video game. And of course, some of the characters are based on me. So hopefully my character gets to have some Muay Thai skills in there. I'm excited for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> eight limbs. Bam um my plans for february um is to get through this week i only have to really work two days this week 
So that's nice. And one of those days, everybody else on my team does not work. So that's going to be brilliant. Um, And then to get through the one day of work, I have like the first full week of February. And then I get to go see my babies. I don't have kids. My little cousins in North Carolina. I'm really excited. And like, so I get a break off of work four days ho and like I get to go see my little babies I have to go all the way back down to Clear Lake but you know so that I can give my parents to get on a plane but you know such is life but I'm really excited to see them uh I haven't seen them gosh it's been uh it's been six months yeah so I'm like I'm really excited especially my littlest baby oh I can't wait to smother him and kiss him (laughs) yay oh if y'all haven't figured it out yet I love kids oh but anyway um yeah so I can't wait to see them uh and get a break because I'm burned out like nobody understands um so yeah that's what I'm looking forward to in uh February uh and uh not Valentine's uh but we'll talk about Valentine's when that comes and it's Black History Month so please don't do anything to fuck up Black people (laughs) yeah like please leave us alone like for the next like 28 days could you like please in fact no I'm adding the 31st leave us alone then too because it technically should be it should be 30 whole day it's the shortest month in the fucking year you should give us from the January 31st to the 30th to the 28th honestly because that would be a full month but you know um yeah don't don't be on your bullshit Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and also my Stewie's coming into my sister Stewie's coming into town. So I'm excited for that. I know I need to probably take her out for brunch. Hell yeah. I want to come too. They invite me. Um yeah. Yeah. So a lot of stuff is happening. I feel like this year is gonna be real interesting. Oh, anyway, let's end this episode. I'm sorry. Again, I'm probably gonna cut all that out. <laughs> but, yeah. we are the products of our generational trauma it's too much it is it's too much um but yeah uh everybody have a good week have a great black history month to all of the black people and none of the these colored people and (laughs) (laughs) i might put that one on instagram and um (laughs) Uh, educate yourself on the history on all sides and how people were treated like oh but i'm a minority it's not the same not the did same. your parents had a choice to come here did yeah. your ancestors have a choice exactly not the same so yeah uh keep yourself safe get your booster shots i need to get my booster shot now that i am not sick um and uh, wear your masks i just ordered some more masks and Wash your hands 20 yeah. seconds 20 seconds sing a beyonce song um because it's beyonce's internet and uh in fact seeing brown skin girls so you can do the work of uh black history month and health in the same <laughs> breath uh, and uh yeah take care of yourselves i have a good week my guys hopes yes. lovers and friends love you bye <laughs>